I'm not like a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. Mom, mom, mom. Hey cool moms. That feels very chill and very like late night quiet storm host. Hey cool moms. Probably because I'm smoking my CBD joint while I'm recording this. Anywho, I was thinking about my week when I was not smoking a CBD joint uh, and motherhood. Instead, I was stuffing food into my face instead of a joint. Uh, I probably, like a lot of folks, have been figuring out um, my rhythm and being at home even more than I was at home before. And I went to my good old coping mechanism, which is eating my feelings. I like to eat when, I, when I'm sad. I like to eat when I'm sad. I like to eat when I'm happy. I like to eat when I'm frustrated. I like to eat when I'm anxious. And I have been really going balls to the wall on the ordering of food uh, since being in Charlotte. I, what did I do? I think the first step in my food delivery um, affair was McDonald's and Old Faithful. I ordered a number nine fish filet with a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's, uh, which led me into a Five Guys burger and then another burger from a bougier burger place that I felt better about eating because I got it wrapped in lettuce. Um, along with cookies and a few other things. And I finally found my way at the bottom of the barrel. Um, by the way, I'm eating all of these meals like when Sergeant and his dad leave the house. So they're like going to the park, whatever, getting some outside time. And I'm like secretly ordering all of the ordering apps to eat all of the things I don't want anyone to know that I'm eating. And one of those things, my rock bottom is I went and got not only a fried fish snapper platter with hush puppies and fries, but I felt like I should add on a side of a 10 piece lemon pepper wing, fried extra hard. And I got home and I was like, oh my God, I gotta hurry up and eat. Cause also, I'm not a big meat eater. I don't really eat meat. That's what I like to say. Publicly, I don't eat meat. So this like eating of the chicken is a very uh, solitary, laden with shame act that I do. And I ate these chicken wings and I tried to eat them as fast as I possibly could before Sergeant and his dad got back. So I'm literally making it a competition with myself. How fast can I eat 10 chicken wings? So I scarf down these wings, put them at the bottom of the trash can, cover it. Then I eat the fried fish platter <laughs> after that for dinner. <laughs> And I mean, shocker, later that night, I have some of the worst heartburn I've ever had in my entire life. Well, this is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Oh. Um, the heartburn was so, and it lasted for days. And I'm not saying anything because I'm feeling like, what is this like? Could I be sick? Because that's always like, now it's like the first thought. I'm doing the hold my breath for 10 seconds test. And I'm freaking out. I'm having this very quiet, slow roll spiral of, of like, oh my gosh, could I have gotten sick? 
And I call Elle, producer, friend, Cool Moms. And I'm like, yo, I don't know, man. Something's not right. At this point, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I probably also have been smoking some CB joints. And I'm just like in the room by myself spiraling. Sergeant is asleep. And I'm like, I think something is going on. I'm not sure. And so she's like telling me all of these different things to do to test, to see how my body is responding. I'm stretching, I'm breathing, I'm contorting myself, trying to see if I can catch my breath at every angle. And then we both realized that I actually just have fucking heartburn. Like my fat ass has been eating <laughs> chicken wings and burgers and fried fish for days on end. I have been abusing myself and now I have heartburn and the heartburn is so bad that I like don't even realize that's what's going on. So uh, that leads me to working out. What has been a saving grace uh, with my workouts really has been my workout group chat with my friends who are equally as eager to drop the pounds and probably more fit than I am. So that's been like the silver lining in the week. Shout out to my workout group uh, doing these high intensity intervals in our bedrooms and living rooms, back patios. Uh, it's been lifesaver to say the least so that's that's kind of been my week is um a combination of food spirals pulling my shit together odd workouts and once again community coming through and really kicking ass together fortunately the workout was not my only outlet this week i finally just decided after also being really frustrated again with these brands that think you're so creative and so awesome, um, but have a really difficult time understanding how to work with and honor the work of the people who make creative content. So I said, fuck it, I'm gonna do it myself. And I made Jugs World, which <sighs> has brought me so much joy and so much peace and just, yeah, it's just been so light and fun. I think it's just been very necessary. Um, I made all these little funny face characters, which are really just representative of how I've, the range, the myriad of emotions that I have experienced uh, in a really short period of time. And it's been wonderful. And that really blossomed into this idea of, and really harnessing this energy of creating your own reality, manifesting your dreams, understanding that the world is yours. Um, the project really kind of took form between a full and new moon. Um, and I am just very proud of it. So released some co free coloring books for the community. And now I'm just really pumped. Um, I was like bummed about the food, but really pumped about jugs. So this is like a, I'm gonna call it a win for the week. Uh, I'm excited to share more about Jugs World and really just do what we did when we were kids, which was when things are, are uh, confusing, frustrating, difficult, um, almost feel just fucked up, I guess. Um, go to a happy place. And sometimes we have to make that happy place. So I've been really um, feeling so grateful to be able to create and create the world that I want to live in and to share that world with you all via Jug's world and via Cool Moms. And 
now I get to talk to another really awesome, cool mom who is Sasha Plavsik, the founder of Ilya Makeup, Ilya Beauty, which I was in a very beautiful package of products and I dig them. I'm very into them. I truly felt like it's easy to wear makeup that doesn't feel like makeup. I just feel like a better version of my natural self, um, which has been really nice being in the house. I put on a face of makeup today, got ready, actually made myself a cocktail, and I feel like I did something. So I'm really excited to dive in with Sasha. Okay, so I'm super excited. Uh, I'm excited because I'm doing something that I love and I get to do it from home. Uh, and I'm able to talk to someone new today. Two cool moms today. We have Sasha Plavsik. Sasha, did I get that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, I practiced. And, but whenever you have to say someone's name in front of them uh, or to them, it becomes a little nerve wracking. Um, so, Sasha is the founder of Ilya Beauty, which I was really so pleasantly surprised to discover is a clean beauty brand. Um, obviously mother and we'll say mogul. Does that feel does that feel OK? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Own it. Um, so I always like to start off kind of light. Um, our new thing, because I'm uh, I have a few quirks, one of them being astrology. So, yes, I'm one of those oh. people. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to ask you, what is your sign? Oh, good. Well, I, I'm into this a little bit, too. And my sister used to be yes. really into it. Yes. So many moons ago. Um, <laughs> I am an Aquarius. Ooh, fun. Beat of your own drum. Yeah, absolutely. And I have the Sagittarius rising. Yes. Uh-huh. And Libra and Moon. So I, there's a lot going on there. I'm re- Yes, there is. I'm also so happy that you know your moon and your rising. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So I feel like people who tend to have Libra placements in some sort of predominant place uh, work within a beauty industry or just in general really? aesthetics. Yeah, because a- Libra is the sign of aesthetics and beauty. Um so people who tend to have that placement are more keen to working in that kind of field. So yeah, Interesting. you're where I you're supposed to be. Listen, Very cool. <laughs> so I'm, I was in LA, but now I'm on the East coast, uh, being a little closer to family quarantining, but I know that you're in LA. Yeah. So, and it's still just, kind of morning. It's still, it's still morning. Yeah. I'm just, we are in, about an hour South in Laguna beach, which is like its own little, microcosm of an environment but it's still morning and it's actually been really warm out here the last week I would say it was it's probably today going to be in the 80s maybe high 70s so it it flipped and usually this is the time of year where it's they call it May gray June gloom so yeah we're enjoying some nice weather which I think is good because apparently the virus doesn't live in above 78 degrees. So hoping that the warm weather continues um, and brings us good news. Yes. Well, I'm not going to say I'm jealous, but maybe I'm disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to make you jealous. It's going to get warm out there. You guys are going to be in heat. I feel like on the East Coast, it, it it just flips. Like I used to live in New York and I remember it was like, okay, it's winter. And tomorrow it's summer. And tomorrow and it's summer. And it's winter. And you are miserable and the humidity is high. Uh, yeah, you're totally right. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, what did you do this morning? What was your, your morning routine? 
My morning routine. It was actually, I don't even know if it's still on our stories today, but it was, um, I've been doing, it's called the five Tibetans. And it's something that I learned, I don't want to say 20 years ago, because that kind of hints at my age. (laughs) But it's something I learned 20 years ago. And it's five simple exercises that are practiced by Buddhist monks that really start your digestion and your energy going. And you repeat each exercise 21 times, and then you do a little bit of breathing at the end. It sounds very West Coast, but I guarantee if you Google it and you try it over a 21-day period, you will feel better. It does sound very West Coast. I'm also so into that because I I don't really have any expectations of what you were going to say, but this was not it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. It also makes me think of um, Tina Turner. and. Oh. You, you know that Tina Turner became Buddhist after her divorce with Ike. I mean, I didn't, well, maybe I did. And I, but that's, uh, yeah, I did not know. I did not know that. I, or maybe I did. And I, I can't remember, but I wonder if she then learned these exercises too. Probably so. There's like a very famous scene in the movie with Angela Bassett where she is um, chanting and doing her breathing exercises. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about, but. Nam yo horenge kyo, nam yo horenge kyo, nam yo horenge kyo. Um, a little bit of breathing. Well, just a little breathing. That's that's always a great way to start the day. What did you What did you do as far as your skin was concerned? Yeah, no. So I, if I can, when I get up, I do that right away. Because and sometimes I do a Melissa Wood workout. I've actually been trying some of hers. Of which, whatever I can do in twenty minutes, that's my sweet spot. Because my husband will take the kids and then um, hop in the shower. And usually for morning routine, I skip skincare. We have our super serum skin tint SPF 40, which is an all-in-one makeup plus skincare plus SPF. And I am walking outside in the day. So I want that SPF and um, I apply that to start a little bit of our true skin serum concealer, a multi-stick, which we've had in our line forever and a little bit of mascara. Yeah. And that would be that would be it. It's our limitless lash mascara is our top selling SKU. So if anybody is interested in trying anything from us, I would recommend it. But I keep it so simple. Um, also, because at that point, I usually have a kid on my leg asking <laughs> me to go somewhere. And right. you know that very well. Right. You know, yes. You, it's like a, you're, you set a clock when you're in there and you're like, okay, this this isn't about just the five-minute routine. This is about I only have literally five minutes before there's a meltdown in here. There is absolutely a meltdown. It's always a countdown to a meltdown. Countdown to the meltdown. Always. So you're in LA now, but you're originally from Vancouver. So I kind of want to take a step back and talk about, um, get a sense of like who you are growing up and something that came to mind uh, when thinking about a woman who works in beauty is, do you recall the first memory of when you felt beautiful? Oh, that's a nice, a nice question. Um, well, do you want me to start with where my, my upbringing or yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Especially if they coincide, were you in Vancouver at the time? Yeah, no, I think, you know, um, I grew up in Vancouver, but I grew up outside the city. It's only 30 minutes, but it's, it's a small place. So when you go 30 minutes outside the city, you are in the woods (laughs) and, and it was beautiful. Um, it was a small cove, um, we had a lot of kids in the neighborhood when we were growing up and I was really, 
um, really lucky to be able to have nature at our doorstep and a lot of beautiful, like Vancouver is really beautiful. There's the mountains, there's the ocean. Um, and my mom was really into natural health and at, in the early eighties, my brother was a sick kid with asthma and a bunch of other issues. So from a young age, I didn't realize how much that was being implemented into my imp- or imprinted into my brain. As far as, you know, you, you eat this way, you think this way, um, not in a dogmatic way, but it's just something your environment, whether you realize it or not is affecting you. So um, I would say those, you know, those memories permeated out throughout the years into my late twenties. And that's when the idea for this came along, but going back to the moment that I felt beautiful, I actually don't remember it being me. I remember it being my mom and my mom was very beautiful. She was very natural and she had an elegance to her and a grace that she pulled together naturally in a really natural way. And people did comment on it. They even do now. They always say your mother was is and was so beautiful and it wasn't just a visual it was more how she carried herself and I think that I aspired to and how a woman carries herself I think is really how you know or what I would define as beautiful Ooh, I love that I feel like I got such a such a picture of your mother just from that description and it reminds me so much of my great aunt who in a very similar way just has so much grace and is just, I guess, what you would call a lady. A lady. Yeah, Yeah. a lady, a lady, lady. Um, which I think um, maybe doesn't hold, I'm not sure if it holds the same importance or or weight today, yeah, as it did at a previous time, but just like also something really admirable. I know it's well, there's a nostalgia for that. And I think I feel like today women are sometimes trying to break away from that and not necessarily be a lady. And I, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, there's I mean, there's there's everything under the sun, so to speak, today. That's it's so different from how it was back then. But um, there's nothing wrong with being a lady. And, you know, I think if, if people feel like they need to be tough or, you know, we live in a man's world, we need to fight for equal rights. You can still be a lady when you're doing it. I love that. After we get off, I'm going to go like get myself together and be a lady. <laughs> this is my inspiration <laughs> for the lady. day. Watch something with Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> so um, at what age did you transition from Vancouver? Um, or kind of I what prompted that? I Vancouver pretty quickly at the age of 18. I went to Victoria, which is on an island off of Vancouver, did one year of university, hated it, and <laughs> uh, loathed it. I, I, that would be the better word. And came back home, took a job at Starbucks and Capers, which is now Whole Foods. It's a little grocery store. And um, wanted to find my own way. I actually started in graphic design eventually went to England to finish a degree in typography, which nobody even really knows that. No, word anymore. I know. Is, I, I know. As someone who studied graphic design, I'm like, yes, yes, yeah. I get it. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's important for especially how much is, you know, related to image and type these days online. But I worked in branding. Uh, I ended up being a creative director throughout my whole twenties. I'd moved around. I lived in New York. I ended up in Orange County in Laguna Beach with a boyfriend in my late twenties, and um, 
and I worked in the eyewear industry and briefly ended with uh, a big makeup company out here, of which it was during the recession, so 12 years ago, and I just turned 30, or I think I was almost 30, was it 08 or 09? But I had a moment where I had left the guy, I left the job, and I was really searching or, or seeking um, something something new in my life. And I'd worked with so many founders as the go-between. I thought to myself, well, if I'm always kind of guiding these founders, you know, from a visual standpoint, what creatively could I do for myself that would would make me happy and maybe guide others that would that would like what I do? And that was um, that's where I started thinking about ideas. And there were many before before Ilya. Oh, let's talk about them. I love I love this part of it because many oh, I think yeah. many, many folks, you know, mothers, caregivers, dads, whomever who are listening. That's always the big thing is like, what did you what did you fail at before you got to the thing that worked? So where, well, where do went, you feel like you failed? Yeah. Right out there. And I think that's actually fear is the one thing that stops us. I, you know, when people say, what, what could you, what advice could you give to your younger self? I would say that whatever you're afraid of wanting to try or do, do it and know it's okay to fail. I failed twice. Um, I tried first, I tried kids, double face belted wool coat. <laughs> okay. I, that's specific. I know. So specific. <laughs> I had one in a giant size and it was so cool and, and it was so durable. And I was like, you know what, if we could do a mom version and a kid version, there was something that was really simple and unique. But when I started sourcing all the wool, I realized where it was coming from in China and the pollution it was creating. And all of a sudden my idea was shut down because I didn't agree with the philosophy of how those goods were being, um, they were not being sustainably harvested. So for the wool, or ethically maybe would be the word, um, that was fail number one. And then I'd spent a lot of time in Bali doing some yoga type stuff. And they they do beautiful silk uh, scarves over there. Yes. Of which I did these wild graphic prints. They would put wax on the scarves and then bleed this ink in between them. And it created these vivid gradient-like colors of which it, they were so amazing to look at and really expensive to do. So that was a cost of goods situation. Yeah. <laughs> this I looks great, but yeah. am I making any money? Exactly. So I let the scarf idea go and I realized fashion was not the avenue I wanted, but beauty was something um, I found, I felt there was a big hole in and that's probably why I ended up in this space. Mm. And I, I, I read somewhere that um, maybe you were, you were on a sabbatical and you were reading like an, you were at home reading an ingredient list uh, of a product you had been using and that yeah. was kind of the the start, which, you know, I definitely want you to speak to. But in reading that, it reminded me so much of that, like, very, very famous Toni Morrison quote about, you know, you write the book that you want to read. And so that's what that moment seemed like for you. It, it was. So I, you know, I had a very nice setup down here initially I with the guy and the house and the job and but and. It, you have to just, everybody it requires something different in their life. And we all have an inner voice. And I think it's important to listen to it. And I think really, for many people, 
it gets very loud in your mid to late 20s when you start to come into your own. And in my eyes, become an adult. I don't think you're really an adult until you're in your late 20s. Um, and I read a book called The Diamond Cutter, if anybody's interested in knowing. And it was it's it is a Buddhist philosophy, but I don't want to freak people out when I say that it's more really in relation to business and how your thoughts control your actions, of which um, I got really clear with certain things that I wanted at that time in my life. My sabbatical was actually next to my parents' garage in a little suite they had built. I moved home at the age of 30. And when I came home, I had all this makeup and my mom said to me, you know, she was excited to have me back. I hadn't been there in a long time. She's like, you really better start paying attention to what you're putting on your skin. And that's where I said, leave me alone. I'm 30. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> wait, and, uh, wait, let, wait, let's pause right there. Cause there's, there's yeah. so much there. You moved at home. You moved back home at 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd left the guy in the house and the dog and the, and the nice comfortable setup and you yeah. wanted something more I'm assuming for yourself what did where were you at emotionally when you decided to go home and did you feel defeated in doing that um I felt lost I think was the word I had been lost for a while and the guy I was with he I, I was with him for probably most since I was 20 so it was like nearly a decade uh of which I wasn't ready to settle down and if I'd met him later we probably, you know, maybe would have ended up together, but it's, I just wasn't ready. Something was missing from my life. And I wanted, I don't, you know, people say, I want to start a company. I want to be a founder. It isn't for everybody there. I think there, it's totally okay to be satisfied with where you're at, to start a family early and honor that and not feel like you're missing out on what maybe some other women are trying to do. Um, but I think it's important to listen to those voices and I had them. So I listened and I was lucky enough to have a place to go, meaning I could go back to my parents' house. There was possible, there was probably some shame in that and thinking I had many people say, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're leaving this, you're leaving that. And I said, I don't know, but I just have to do this. So I literally, I think a lot of the, a lot of the times in facing your fear, you have to blow everything up to start over. And by getting to the bottom means that you can start going up again. Absolutely. It's the tower card. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to being kooky and that sort of thing, that is the tarot tower card. It all has to come crashing down to be rebuilt. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. So now you're at home and your mom's like, Sasha, be aware of what you're putting on your skin. You're like, mom, I'm an adult. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. I'm an adult now. Um, But she was right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would secretly go and look at my ingredient list of the items I was buying. And I was kind of shocked to read what was in there. And I would question, does all of this need to be in here? Because a lot of cosmetics are made of waxes, um, oils, if they're, if they're more natural, or they could be synthetic oils. So I started dissecting all that and looking into it. I also had suffered from acne um, most of my life and was constantly searching for products that wouldn't break me out and had a really hard time finding that. So I, in some way, I think I wanted to control that for myself and um, 
And that really is where we are today. But we started with a, a lip product and it was based off of an, a, a European chapstick that I had that gave my lips a beautiful cherry tint. And I said, you know what, I'm going to set a brief here or project where I'm going to make this a lip balm that gives your lips a beautiful tint and is as natural and organic as possible. And that was the project. And it took two years to come to fruition. And during those two years, were you working another nine to five job or did you put everything into, did you think this was going to be the thing? No, this, it was such a project and absolutely I had to work. When I moved home initially, I didn't want to go back to like a, a real, like, I don't want to say a real job. I wanted to go back to a job where I was with people and I wasn't in an office. So I worked as, at a, as a shop girl at a beautiful store in Vancouver called Mish Boutique. Uh, some of the people are still there and I consider them like family, but I met so many interesting, interesting high powered women that would come in and I would even ask them, you know, what, what type of makeup do you like? What do you wear? What do you look for? And it was my market research. Um, then I, I needed to make a little more. So I took a job with Sage Natural Wellness. Yes. Which they, they was only 10 of us in an office back in 20, was it 209 or 2010? And I helped the owner rebrand everything um, and introduced her to an interior designer. And we, I refreshed that whole brand uh, before they got their first round of funding. So I did that in the day. And then at night, I'd come home and work from roughly 8 to 2 a.m. on Ilia, of which uh, that was the way it was for a few years. Wow. And do, did you or do you have a mentor was that something that you sought out or needed in this process? Um, I had a, not, it's in an, it's in an industry that uh, is very different than this. Uh, she was, a, is a high powered uh, lady, Chinese lady, who I was one of my clients when I worked at Niche Boutique. And she was extremely successful. Um, she worked as a bro broker for ships and oil rigs. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. yeah, but single mom um, really loved to live life and enjoy herself. And she was very wise. And she did teach me certain things, I think, that um, helped support me in not being afraid to take the steps forward. Mm. I, I find that to be... Um so necessary. And I think it was a question that I haven't asked as many women as I would have liked to in the past. But when I've been asked that question, and I think about my own career trajectory, and that it's always been, you know, a woman, whether it was my mother or someone related to me, or just some, a woman that I respect and admire in terms of um, uh, business and, and her own personal endeavors, it's always been a woman that's kind of ushered me into the next phase of my life and kind of, you know, allowing, holding up that mirror so that I could see things about myself um, mm -hmm. that maybe I hadn't taken note of before. Uh, so yeah. I, I love that, especially that she was in a totally different industry, but had such an impact. Yeah, she was very, you know, I, I, my father was Eastern European. My mother was Eastern European, but Canadian born. And she was very old school. You know, he'd gone through World War II and, he believed the woman stays at home, should stay at home and take care of the house. And uh, my mother always wanted more freedom than that. And I think she was another force who had encouraged me 
And I remember one vision when I was younger, she said, don't you ever let a man support and control you. Not that my dad did as he was an amazing man and they had such an amazing love story, but she wanted independence uh, for me. And I think that was also something that was again instilled that I didn't realize when I was younger. And it scares me because again, I think maybe that's what shapes to where I am today. You know, if I had a mother who nurtured and said, you should stay home and do this and that, maybe I would have done that instead. You know, your, your youth is, and your childhood is, it's such a time of absorption. Even with my own kids now, I have to be careful in thinking that what I say and what I do, they're going to absorb that and that will impact their lives for what choices they make. Yes. And I, and I'm glad that you brought up because you have two daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm very curious to know like how you define beauty and how you considered beauty and the, and the role that beauty plays in your life. Did that shift when you became a mother? Um, it did. It definitely, I think before you have kids, it's, it's much easier to focus on your issues and what you're going through. And you're a mom too, right? You have, do you have a, you have a little boy? A two, oh, two, that's a fun age. Um, I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old now. Uh, but it's, yeah, I think, yeah, I really actually like a lot of time to myself selfishly and how this brand even started was being in my head and thinking and when the baby was born, the first baby was born, uh, I, all I actually wanted to do was feel a, a former bit of myself. Yes. And that, don't, did you find that really hard? It oh my gosh. Like you lose yourself that first year. A hundred percent. But you're also in such a fog that it's difficult to even pinpoint what's happening. I feel like not until much more recently at year two that I'm like, oh, I have some... Yeah some foresight to be able to see or, or some really some vision to be able to look back and say, Oh, this is what was going on with me. And these are the things I missed about myself for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll, you know what, when my, when the oldest turned three, that's when I felt like I just got it back. So it's a long journey. Like I believe having a child is a year of being pregnant and it's four years and then three years of grounding them because they're, they're becoming cognitively, very developed by the age of three where they yes. understand very clearly what's going on. And, yes. um, and then that's where I feel like you can almost release yourself a little bit of which no matter what though, when the second kid came, I said, okay, I'm not going to lose myself completely this time. I'm going to try and get up in the morning and make sure I have that shower, take 10 minutes to myself from right from when the baby was born um, and honor myself, honor what made me feel beautiful, honor, not going, I actually stayed out of the office for 30 days and uh, anything that would give me my power back because so much of it is being given to somebody else. You have to find moments for yourself. Uh, and that to me is what regenerates your beauty because if you're giving everything to everyone and you have nothing left for yourself, you're not going to be feeling beautiful because uh, you won't, there's no energy there to support it. Oh my gosh, that resonates with me so much. And I'm sure it will with so many women, but literally I'm in a time now. I mean, obviously we're in peculiar times to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. So it's already a certain strain uh, and a certain stress put on connecting back with self in the, in the midst yeah. of all of this. And I 
just recently let go a little bit and allowed um, Sergeant, my son, to stay with my mother. And it's been a few days for like a week and some change just so I can work. But now I'm also like, oh, my gosh, what was my beauty routine? I need to put I need to put on a boot to step outside. Like I want to do things now where I can actually focus on feeling good. And it wasn't until a friend and she said it in the most loving, sincere way. I showed her a pair of shoes that I was thinking about buying online. I was like, what do you think about these? And she's like, I mean. You know, it's like your your like chill mom wear. <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm you're saying I'm dressing like a mom. She's like, well, yeah, yes, you are. She's like, you're doing very like art mom. And I was like, OK, I'm going to buy a boot instead of this like Birkenstock flat with fur on it that I thought was very oh, cool. If I was there, I would have said go for the Birks. <laughs> I will still, I'm sure, go for the Bergs, but maybe I needed to come out of my my comfortable art mom shell, apparently. Um, and so, well, I guess you, having a five-year-old and a one-year-old, does beauty, I, I'm assuming maybe around five is maybe when, uh, you know, kids might get curious about makeup or beauty or things like that, especially if they're seeing mom do it. Have you found that to be the case? Yeah, I, she was even even she was even curious at one, and I have two girls, so now the one year old sees the five year old taking a powder brush and putting it on her face, mimicking something, and wants to do the same. They're, right, you know, they're such little copycats <laughs> in, the cutest, in the cutest way. Um, but yeah, she says, "Mom, can I have some? You know, can I have some of that, or can I have some of this?" And I have to have the conversation. I can put like a little highlighter, like a, we have our illuminator sticks. And I put a little dot in the middle of her eye and it's a little shine so that she, I don't know, she wants to be able to feel connected to me. I don't think it's actually anything to do with feeling beautiful. I think it's the the ritual of doing that together and having a connection. And that's what I try to honor with her. Um, Also being a working mom, it's, it's such an interesting time. You know, we, there's so many things that are being learned right now by all of us and whether we're alone or whether we're with our kids um, I think that it's a time to connect you know and there's there's so much virtual connection going on but if you are quarantining or with your kids or family there's a lot of learning going on there as well and um, learning like you said how to uh, make time for yourself but also you know, have the time with your kids is finding that balance is an everyday challenge. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I in my research preparing for this, Sasha, I read a little something just um, where you spoke about working from home and that you really re- try not to work at home or working from home maybe after the kids go to sleep. Obviously, that's shifted um, with everything happening what is like a work day look like? How does work fit in now? Um, so as far, well, you mean now with the, the new norm? With the new norm. Yeah, that's that's what we're calling it. With the new norm, how is work? Yeah. It's it's definitely fragmented. I think that would be the word. It's, it's really challenging to be able to uh, focus in the way that I used to. That being said, when I'm in an office with a ton of people, there is... A lot going on and a lot of people coming in the office and talking to me. So in some ways it feels similar because my kids, if they come in and interrupt what I'm doing, sometimes employees will do the same and I have, I'm here for them. So it, it kind of shifted from here to home, but 
being able to explain something to a five-year-old and as opposed to being able to explain something to a 35-year-old and say, hey, can you give me a minute? It's a different a different conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think what's comforting and sweet for everybody is that other people that are having kids at home that are on Zoom calls, their kid will come in, you know, and it's, it's natural, it's normal. Everybody's trying to be professional, but there is an acceptance that we're all, this is the way it is right now. And um, I feel like there's, I don't know what the word is, there's more of a acceptance for things not maybe being the way they're meant to be because you have sympathy for the fact that you know that person can't put their kid in school and they're meant to homeschool them and work at the same time so um i feel i don't feel any judgment from it right now Uh, good i I hope it's something that honestly carries over i think we need that level of compassion just for humanity and that you know all of us are existing in a different way it doesn't make me less prepared for this meeting if maybe my kid walked into the zoom call and i have to you know escort them out um yeah yeah, i'm hoping that it leaves space for people to be more human now yeah, I think, you know what, I think that is the one, and the word silver lining is definitely overused, but there is, we are, we, we are slowing down. We've had to slow down. And actually, there's a lady up the street who has lost, who recently lost her husband, and uh, she is 70 years old. She can't really go to the grocery store. And I was driving by the other day, and I said, hey, you know, are do you have anybody helping you? I have people driving, you know, bring me groceries. They live like 30 minutes away. And I said, well, we're down the street and we go once a week, anything you need, we can get for you and just leave on your porch. And so, you know, I probably would not, I would be going too fast in a, mo- a couple months ago to even notice or pay attention to that having happened. And to me, that is something that's really beautiful during this time is that we're able to connect in a way with people that we normally are too distracted to do. Um, and that in itself, I hope stays because that was something I think that was definitely sad in our former life a couple months ago, just how, how distracted we are from being with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, it's, there's such a gratitude now for community, um, and an understanding yeah. of importance, uh, you know, for myself being a, a co-parenting mom, as I like to say, you know, I had to, I, that was where the lesson came for me is when I had Sergeant and I realized more than ever how much I needed, not just my family, not just Sergeant's dad, but just like my community of friends and chosen family to really show up in very real ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it, you just, you, you, there is, there are no parents, whether you're in a single parent household, a two parent household, you need the people to be with you, to support you in raising children. So um, yes, I, I want to hop back just a little bit, um, before we get to our DM question, uh, because something that resonated with me about Ilya, uh, that I really enjoy is the inclusion of shades, um, especially considering being a black woman and being able to see a clean beauty line that includes products for black and brown skin. Um, what was like, what was that like? Was there a certain special preparation or research that had to be done in order to know how to work with pigmented skin? 
Yeah, um, absolutely. And do you, and can you hear any banging in the background? I, <laughs> I wish I could get away from all noise, but there is some hammering going on outside no, the building. No, I don't think okay. so. Okay. No worries. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. I, you know, when we initially started doing complexion items, uh, we, and this company was not funded for the first eight years or seven years of business. Um, six, wow. Seven, we, we, we bootstrapped it all the way and we dipped our toe in certain complexion products. Some of the formulas weren't great. And then we decided to really reinvigorate. And when we were reinvigorating, uh, we launched initially with 10 shades that ranged from fair to more of like a, a medium tan to like ordering on a, a dark. And what happened was not only were we missing shades, and this was from, we could not afford to launch more at the time. And the feedback we got was that we needed more dark shades. And we also, we also needed more light shades that we completely neglected two spectrums of the customer of which we knew that we you know, that we, we needed to be able to be funded to really go the full, you know, the full gauntlet, so to speak. And that was one of the reasons I went out and got funding. Cause I said, you know what, if we're going to build such amazing products, I need to know that it's available to everyone and, and that we can do the best job we can to make sure that anybody can find a shade. And, um, that was, that was really what initiated uh, our first round of funding is to be able to offer that. And, from a research standpoint, we, I reached out to friends, um, different makeup artists. Uh, we had people of different skin tones in the labs we were working with that would test um, to ensure that we were uh, we were nailing these colors. Sephora graciously gave us data um, and looked at the shades to help you know figure out where best sellers would be by tier, you know, from fair, light, medium, deep, dark. And that's what helped um, form form that um, group of shades for everybody, of which we carried it into our, con- our concealers and then the Super Sam Skin Tint. Mm, and I think that's so important. I'm so glad that you mentioned um, going those like first seven, eight years, bootstrapping and doing it yourself before, I'm assuming you went into like the venture capital route uh, for funding. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a tip, a tip, uh, just an important note that you would want um, other people listening who are interested or considering going that route or, or not even sure how to go about funding their business that you would give? Um, I think today it's very different when you're starting a business. I was very fortunate, you know, the story of starting in a garage. My dad had co-signed a line of credit for 25K and I had two credit cards and that was uh, a blessing in being able to start small. I do think that you should start with one thing, and I do think that you should start small. I do believe today you probably need some funding to get going due to Instagram ads and being able to get visibility out there. Um, but my tip would be to be cautious. Whatever you can do to borrow with confidence from family or um, or from the banks, because we didn't, I didn't really borrow, like, I wasn't able to borrow much from the family. It was an initial to get started. And then from there, a lot of it was working with banks and just watching and growing and making sure that if you're selling something to a retailer, it's, you don't work on net 30, you're working on prepaid. 
that was actually a tip that was given to me by um, the founder of Lululemon. He was consulting with one of the companies I was working with or giving him some advice. And he's like, no consignment, no net 30. You're going to go into wholesale. You do prepaid until you can have enough cash flow to support waiting 30 days for payment. So that's yeah, right, right. That's that's a specific tip, which you need to own. I when love you that. Start something. Otherwise, um, you may never get paid. Listen, yes. As anyone who is a net 30 person <laughs> knows, it is never net 30. You are sending just following up emails at net 45. So that's fantastic advice. Um, so appreciate that. Um, in terms of you, uh, what are you doing for yourself now these days? What's something that's just for you? Um, that, what I spoke about earlier, it's probably that 20 minutes in the morning. I try to do that at least four days a week. It does make a big difference. I did not have that before this because I just had another baby. And um, I think, and we're fortunate to have some help with childcare during the week of which that is an essential service. And for, I feel extremely fortunate because many parents who are working and with their kids at home now do not have that. And that does allow me to have that 20 minutes in that time. So I'm very thankful. That being said, when I was at work all day, I could have probably have found ways to create it for myself. And I, 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 di I didn't, or I wouldn't as much as I would have liked to. So no matter what happens and where we end up a few months or a year from now, I want to make sure that I'm creating that time for myself. And I was going to say new moms too, like even for yourself, you realizing that, you know, I have a point now where I know I need to do something for myself. I feel like the, when you're a first time mom, you think you can do everything on your own. And my strong advice is don't do that. Ask for help from your family, from a friend, from whoever your baby's going to be okay. You can leave them. You know, you, you have to go take time for yourself. It is what will revive you to be a happier person. A hundred percent. Yes. That is always, that's the piece of advice I always give when someone asks about uh -huh. being a new mom. Ask for help. I have always been a very, I can do it all myself kind of person. Thank that you. will get you nowhere fast. No. <laughs> nowhere, no. Fast. nowhere fast. I will, a funny side note, um, this just reminds me, especially because Elle, uh, my cool mom's producer and good friend, um, who was there for when Sargent was born, um, she very early on in Sargent being little, I was just like, I have to get my hair done. And I was pretty big on trying to find those times for myself uh, because I knew it would make me nutty if I didn't. So she agreed to come over and watch Sergeant. Maybe he was a couple of months old. I'm not sure. But he, I'm in the middle of getting my hair braided. If anyone gets their hair braided, it's never like I'll be done in 20 minutes. It's like okay. at least an hour and a half. This particular <laughs> style I was getting and she calls me and she's like, Elise. I hear him screaming in the background. She's like, he refuses to take a bottle. Sergeant was one of those kids that only breastfed. He never oh, yeah. <laughs> drank from a bottle. And I did not know until I left him with Elle. Right. <laughs> that I know. I, we, we, I've had that moment. And uh, if you have another kid and it happens again, just stay away. And they'll figure out that that 
that is the option and they're going to have to take it. That And that was my rationale. I was sitting in the chair. I was like, do you leave with your hair half done or do you just know that he's going to be fine? And I was he's like, gonna oh, he's going to be fine. I definitely stayed and finished getting my hair done. And I'm sure Elle was like stressed beyond belief. But, you know. Yeah, you always feel bad for whoever's there. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're like, the kid's going to be fine, but oh, I feel so bad for whoever's looking at <laughs> Exactly. Um, this has been uh, just so wonderful, Sasha. I so appreciate your time and energy and honesty. Um, yeah, I just, I know that this is going to resonate with so many people. And I'm also like going to keep track of how many times I said resonate on this particular episode, but I, but I mean it. Good word. That's like the word of the year. What resonates with you? Um, Thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I really enjoyed this and. I don't know. I'd love to meet you one day in person. Um. Yes, I absolutely. But, with you on this but call, before so you leave, don't nice. don't hang up just yet. I've got one more okay. small thing. We've got a quick question from our DMs. People slide in our DMs mm-hmm. and ask us questions. And you, I think this will definitely be a great one for you as well to chime in on. It is from Michelle German. She is in Washington, D.C., and she works in aesthetics and is launching her skincare brand this summer. And she wants to know, how do you know when to scale the business and what was that process like? Oh, that's a big one. Congratulations, (laughs) Michelle. Good for you for going. Like, I think the hardest part is getting to where you are, Michelle, as far as being able to create that and know it's time to go. Um, I took a long time to scale the business, so I don't know if I'm the best example. It depends on who you're marketing to. In my, the category that I created with a few others, which became Clean Beauty, uh, the customer was not ready until a couple years ago to really be into this category. So we waited several years until the timing was right. Now, if I'd started a few years ago, it would have been a much shorter wait. I just was early, earlier to the game. So my advice is that you have to be able to have a sense for when to do that from a standpoint of when the customer is ready and to really pay attention to that. Um, once you have your point of difference and you know who your audience is, you will be able to make that happen. Perfect. And also, I'm going to keep saying really quick, but give us a quick blurb on what is clean beauty. Because I think that's important in your yeah. response. Yeah, clean beauty, it's it's definitely, it's a tough word. It really should have been conscious beauty because uh, clean implies that there's nothing, you know, un, in synthetic or, or unnatural in the product. But um, like, for example, we started the brand as being very organic and natural. And that was my initial goal when I launched already back in May of 2011. And after a few years, some of my products could perform like certain lip products being more natural and organic and others could not. And what I learned along the way that is that not every natural ingredient is good for the skin, nor is every synthetic bad. And clean beauty is where conventional and natural collide and they meet in the middle. And it's a conscious decision of removing ingredients that can irritate the skin that may be natural and in removing the ingredients that could be toxic or irritating or hormone disruptors that are synthetic and you marry the two together for an efficacious product that works as good as what you're normally used to from a conventional um, brand and hopefully um, see an improvement in your skin that's you know or your hair or whatever the product is targeting in which category 
Perfect. And I did not know that. So I have like learned my something new for today because I definitely think I, I like most people assumed that clean beauty meant all natural products, things that you can yeah, eat. It does. And I think that's where it, it gets, a, it can get a, a bad rap or can get confusing and natural and green beauty is separate than clean. Perfect. And I think Michelle will appreciate that spot on, spot on response. And thank you, Sasha. Thanks. Thanks really so much. This it. was fantastic. I learned a lot. And uh, I, again, I definitely appreciate your time and energy, um, especially now, because, you know, you could be doing a ton of things, but you came and hung out with cool moms. So we appreciate that. And hopefully on the other side of things, we will see each other IRL. Absolutely. Yeah. IRL all the way. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all look forward to that? I feel like it's almost, that's like another nostalgic thing that I'm longing for right now. Hugging. Like in real life moments. Yeah. So. When I see you, I'll give you a hug. Absolutely. Well, virtual <laughs> one for now, Elise. Thank you so much. For sure. Not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs>